we know that Pashas Masay begins with the listing of all the places that the Jewish people camped in their journey through the Midbar. Now, one needs to ask a question. And that is, what was the point of writing Pashas Masay? So yes, it tells us of all the places that the Jewish people camped on their journey through the Mubar. But really, we've learned most of this before. The, this, the description of the story of the Jewish people in the desert is the primary topic of the Sefer of Shmois in the whole of Sefer of Midbar. And therefore, it's not that Parashas Masai is the first time that we're being told about the journey of the Jewish people in the Midbar. This has already been discussed the whole way through the story of the Jewish people in the Midbar. And if that's the case, the first question is, why does it need to be written again? I know there are many answers to that. But I really want to get to my second question. And that is, when Moshe in Pashas Masai rewrites, in brief, summarizes if you want, the journey of the Jewish people in the Midbar. So is Moshe trying just to remind us of the places we visited by mentioning their names. And then he leads, leaves it up to us, to Klal Yisrael, to remember what took place in each place, in each location. Or is Moshe also wanting to remind us of what happened in each place? And if that's the case, Moshe is not going to suffice with just mentioning the names of the places where they camped. But also he's going to tell us what was unique, what happened in that place, what was special there. So let's look at the parasha and see. And we'll notice that from when Klai Yisrael begin their journey and Moshe starts recording the names of the campsites where they pitched tents, it nearly never tells us what took place at that location. In the whole of the list of the 42 Masas of Pashas Masay, you'll look and you'll find that there are only three places where we are reminded what took place in that specific locale. Now, if I would ask you, where would you think are the places that we have to remember or we have to make mention of when we're going to record all the Masas, all the journeys of the Jewish people. I would have thought the places where the most important events took place. I would have said, Yisrael came to Harsinai and we received the Torah. Yisrael came to Yamsuf and Hashem split the sea. And if I want to talk about the tragedies that happened in, on the journey, I would talk about Yisrael went to Kadesh and they sent the Miraglim. Or Klayashol went to Memu River and Moshe Rabbeinu was forbidden from entering Eretz Israel. Maybe places where they fought wars. Such as where they fought Sichon or Og or Amalek, whatever it might have been. And yet, if we look in the Pasha, we'll see 
that out of the entire list of the 42 Masais, the 42 journeys of the Jewish people, there are only three where the Torah, besides for just telling us the name of the campsite, also tells us what took place there. The first one is Elim. It says they traveled and they came to Elim. And in Elim there were 12 springs and 70 palm trees. That's exactly what the Torah said about Elim in Pashas B'Shalach. The second one it says they came to Rephidim and there was no water to drink. Again, exactly what the Pasuk says in Pashas B'Shalach. And the third one, they came to Har Ahar. And Aaron Akoyan died in Har Ahar at the age of 123, and the Canaan found out about it and they attacked us. And Rabbi said, now is the question. I ask you, what is so significant about these three locations, these three places, that the Torah has to repeat to us what took place specifically in these places? In Elim, in Rafidim, and in Harahar. Especially since nothing has been told to us that we haven't known from before. Exactly what the Torah said about Elim before, it says again. Exactly how the Torah talks about Rafidim, it talks again. And exactly what it says about Harahar, it says again. So it's not like we're being told new information. In these three locations, the Torah saw it necessary to repeat what the Torah had already told us before. And the question is why? That's my second question. Now the third question I want to ask you is on the Midrash which Rashi brings. And Rashi brings the Midrash a marshal to a king whose son was sick. And he took his son to a distant place to look for somebody who could cure him. And on the way back the king points out the various places that they had stopped on the journey. But what's very interesting is one of the events which took place on their journey that the king makes mention of on the return. And he says, Kan yashanu. Here we slept. Kan ekarnu. Here we cooled off. Kan here, your, your head hurt you. Did they only sleep in one place? What's the significance of that? They must have slept everywhere along the journey. And what are Chazal trying to explain to us with the marshal, which we don't already see in the Psukim? They're all questions. I would like to suggest an approach, maybe a new approach to looking at Pashas Matas. But for that, I'd like to go back and analyze the second Pasuk of the Pasha. And the Pasuk says, Vayichtov Moshe. Moshe recorded, Moshe wrote, Es Ahem, what happened to them, Lemaseim, on their journeys. And these are their journeys to what happened to them. So we see, firstly, the, the Pasuk seems a little repetitive. Moshe recorded what happened to them on their journeys, and this is what happened to them on their journeys. 
But more importantly, the Torah changes the order. The first time, it says, Moshe wrote, What happened to them? On their journeys. And the second time, it says, These are their journeys. So what happened to them? What's the significance of that change? If the Torah changes the word order in the same pasuk, there's obviously a lesson the Torah is trying to teach. What's the difference if it's Moitzeihem lemaseihem or Masayim lemoitzeihem? What we understand the difference is what happened to them on their journeys, or their journeys what happened to them. So the way I understand is that the Torah until now, when it's discussed the story of the Jewish people, and it's recorded what happened to the Jewish people in each place, is telling us, this has been telling us the story of the travels of the Jewish people through the Midbar from the perspective of the Jewish people. What the Jewish people did in each place they came to. Here they accepted the Torah, here they complained about the man, here they complained about the water, here they wanted to go back to Mitzrayim, here they did this Avera. And therefore, the story which is recorded so far in the Torah is looking at the, the journey of Klai Yisrael from the point of view of what Klai Yisrael did. From the point of view of telling us what the Jewish people did and maybe accomplished or maybe fell in each place that they were. For the most part, it was nothing specific to the place. It just happened to be the place where these incidents took place. It happened to be the location where whatever the Torah is describing happened. For example, there was nothing unique to Kivar Sataiva, that's where they complained about the month. There was nothing unique to Midbar Paran, that's where Miriam spoke about Roshnahara about Moshe. It happened to be that's where they were when the incident happened. That's the first part of the fossil. Moshe wrote what happened to them in the places that they were. But the focus of the Pasuk is what happened to them. What happened to them, what Klai Yisrael did, how Hashem responded. And just in each place, the Torah details where, the, where it happened, where that took place. That's the first part of the Torah. But now, the reason why Moshe writes Parashas Masih, why we have a listing of all the places that Klai Yisrael traveled to again, is coming from the opposite perspective. And that is, now we've been meant to be seeing what Hashem was showing the Jewish people and where He took them to. And therefore, these are the Masayim. These are telling us the places they went to, Lemoit Sayim, for what was meant, what they were meant to have, was meant to happen to them in that place. In other words, we're not talking now about what Klai Yisrael did in this place. We're not talking now about what happened because of Klai Yisrael in each place. And therefore we're not going to mention Har Sinai. Because what happened to Har Sinai was Klai Yisrael accepted the Torah. And we're not going to mention the fight with Sikh and Nog because it was Klai Yisrael fighting Sikh and Nog. And we're not going to mention the place of the Meraglim or the place of Meme River or the place of the Eger Azov or the place of uh, they were over in Baal Pa'ar because all these things are things which Klai Yisrael did in that place. And that we've already learned. The point of Pashas Masay 
is to tell us HaKadosh Baruch Hu's point of view, what he was leading the Jewish people and where he was taking them to. And therefore, all the Masais are given as the places where HaKadosh Baruch Hu led the Jewish people to. And the three Masais, which are mentioned by name, because what the, all the Torah tells us is what happened, what was the, what was unique about the place Hashem took them to. Nothing to do with what Klai Yisrael did. So they came to Elim, and Elim was a natural oasis. There were 12 springs, there was lots of palm trees. We aren't being told about what Klai Yisrael did or didn't do in Elim. We're told about that Hashem brought them to Elim. And Elim is described to us as being a place, an oasis in the desert, which had fruit, it had shade, it had water. And the second place where we told what happened is again something which was unique to that place. They came to Rafidim and there was no water in Rafidim. It was a dry, barren area. Naturally, there was no water there. Yes, the Torah before in Parshish B'Shalach tells us what Kaishal's complaints in Rafidim, tells us that Amalek came as a result and fought with them in Rafidim. But that's all regarding the story of the Jewish people. What the Torah wants to make mention of in Parshish Masay is the Masoists from the perspective of Hashem. Hashem brought them to Rafidim, and what was unique about Rafidim was He brought them to a place where there was no water. And similarly, Hashem brought them to Harahar. And what unique, was unique about Harahar was that the mountain was there. Because we know that normally, the clouds which traveled around the Jewish camp smoothed out the mountains, ensured that the terrain that the Jewish people were going to walk on was smooth. And the exception to that was Har Nevoi, and when Moshe was going to die, but we haven't got there yet, or Har Ahar, which was the burial place of Aaron. And therefore, the pla- what was unique to the place that Hashem took us to, Har Ahar, there was a mountain. And that was nothing to do with Klai Yisrael. That was what was there in the place. Okay, so therefore we understand what Pashas Masai focuses on as opposed to the stories in the Torah before. We're not looking in Parshish Maseh to repeat the story of the Jewish people. We're looking now to focus exclusively on the places Hashem took them to and understand Hashem's plan. And that's why here no mention is made of the various places where the Jewish people, so to speak, did something, whether good or bad. What we're interested in now is whether the Masois, where Hashem took us to those places, where there was something unique about the place. And therefore, these are the list of the places, for what they found in each place. And if that's the case, what's left for us to explain is what was the lesson Hashem was trying to teach us and we were meant to learn by going first to Elim and then afterwards to Rafidim and afterwards to Harahar. So to answer that, let's go back to the marshal of Chazah. The marshal of the king who's traveling with his sick son to find a cure. And afterwards he details to him each place that they traveled through. Here we slept. Here we cooled off. Here your head hurt you. And we asked, what's the significance about those incidents that they slept? Why is it something which would make an importance of remembering this was the place where it happened? So really, like every Chazal, 
they're relying on what they themselves say in other places. We meant to understand based on the illusions that the Chazal are leaving for us to follow. The first place that the king makes mention of is Kan Yashanu. Here we slept. Remember we're talking about the king who was taking his sixth son for treatment. Here we slept. Uh, that the Gemara says that what a sign, a good sign for a khayla, a sign that the illness has passed its peak and is starting to recover, is when he can sleep properly. Very often a person who's in pain, a person who's sick, is unable to find a comfortable position to sleep. Gets woken up in the middle of his sleep. But a person who can sleep well, it's already a sign he's getting better. The Gemara says, Yashanti Ozi And therefore, the significance of the king telling his son, this is where we slept, isn't just they fell asleep one night. It's here I saw a turning point in your illness. Here's where you slept well, and therefore I started to think you were recovering. But that's in the natural course of events. That an illness, so to speak, reaches its, uh, its peak and then starts to recede. A person starts to recover. But then we come to the second place. Here's where we, we cooled off. And what's important about that? There's a Midrash in Vayikarava Pasha's design that talks about an exchange between Antoninus and Rabbi Akadosh. Antoninus, besides for being a good friend of Rabbi, he also happened to be the, the Caesar of the Roman Empire. And one time Antoninus is going to war. And he says to Rabbi Ranasi, he says, give me a bracha before I go to war. So Rabbi Ranasi gives him a bracha Hashem should save you from the cult. And Antoninus isn't satisfied with that bracha. He says, when it comes to cult, a person can just dress more warmly. And he can save himself from the cult. So instead, Rebbe gives him a bracha, HaKadosh Baruch should save you from the heat. Antoninus is happy with that bracha. He says, that's a real bracha. Because the Pasuk says, Ein nistar mechamotu. A person isn't saved, so to speak. From Hashem's heat. And therefore a bracha, not to be affected by heat, that shows a certain siyat adishmai. Taisvis asked the question in service that there's a general rule that when it comes to cold and heat, a person is responsible for themselves. And Taisvis answers, that's when a person's at home. And when a person's at home, then he's able to, so to speak, make sure the place he's in is either warm enough or cold enough. But when a person's on a journey, he doesn't necessarily have the ability to regulate the temperature where he is, and therefore it's more likely he'll be affected by the cold or by the heat. But then if that's the case, then it needs a special Siyat to be protected from extreme temperatures when a person's on a journey. And what you saw from the story of Yerim Antoninus is that the heat is more of a nice and the person is protected from that than from the cold. And if that's the case, we understand the second thing the king says. Kan hei karnu. Here's where we cooled off. It was hot, and we were saved from the heat. This is also something which is seen as being more, uh, we see siyat That in the case where it's hot, the person needs a special, so to speak, that like the Rebbe Davin from Taninus, Hashem should save you from the sun.
And lastly, This is the place where you were, you felt, you, you felt a pain in your head. You were not just that it hurt you, you were concerned. You were worried that there was something seriously wrong because you had this headache. Now, Chazal's choice of the symptoms which mark the places is really telling us exactly the three places where the Torah makes mention of what happened in that place. And the comparison is exact. The first place they came to was Elim. Elim, a natural oasis like we said, a place which already had its own springs of water, it had multiple trees, it was a perfect place for travelers in the desert to be able to stop, to eat, to recharge. And what was Hashem showing them by bringing them to Elim? The first point of the lesson Hashem was teaching them. And really a lesson which incorporated everything which happened to them in the Midbar. A lesson which they were meant to learn over the course of 40 years. And that is a lesson on working on our bitachon, On our alliance on Hashem. And the first, maybe the easiest level for a person to achieve in the various rungs of bitachon, is HaKadosh Baruch Hu can, can take care of a person. And everything he needs physically, Hashem can sort out the way that he'll get there. That's what Elim offered. Elim was the place in the Midbar which they were shown. Hashem can bring him to a place which has everything you need. And so yes, there's a certain lesson of Bitochen. In that, we see that HaKadosh Baruch Hu can bring us to a place which has water, which has shade, which has food, even in the Midbar. But on the other hand, that's a Bitochen on a level of a Teva, so to speak. That Hashem can bring people to a place which has everything they need. Al-Pidarech HaTeva. That's similar to the case of the king pointing out to his son, Kanya Shanu. Here's where we slept. And therefore I thought that your illness had reached its worst and is starting to get better. Of course, it's from Hashem too, but it looks like there's a derech hatema for that to happen. And then the second place Hashem takes him to. The second place is Rafidim. And in Rafidim there isn't any natural water. And Hashem makes them camp in a place where they're thirsty. There's nothing to drink. And they come to complain to Moshe. And they say, Moshe, you brought us out of Mitzrayim to kill us in the desert of thirst. There's nothing to drink. And what was the lesson Hashem was trying to bring them to understand by bringing them to Rufidim? And that is, you learned from Elim already that HaKadosh Baruch can take care of a person in a natural way. What you meant to learn in Rufidim is that if you brought to a place where there is no natural way for Hashem to take care of people, it's a land without water for millions of people who need water. But the lesson we meant to learn next is then if Hashem can also take care of people in a miraculous fashion. It could be in a way which is make, which fits with the natural surroundings. It could be in a way which is supernatural. Miraculous. And that's what happened in Rufidim. Israel complained, Moshe Davins, and that's where they were given the Be'er Miriam the miraculous source of water that they had for 40 years. 
But the Torah isn't interested in telling us the Hemshech of the story. The Torah is interested in telling us just the first line. They came to Rafin and there was no water to drink. Because the lesson we were meant to learn from that is that Hashem can take care of us in a place like Eilim, where everything is there physically, and Hashem can take care of us equally in the place like Rafidim where there's nothing there physically and we need to be saved with the nest. That's a step up in the level of Bitochon which was required from us. And that's the second case. The king told his son, Kane Kano. Here we have to cool off. Like we saw before, when a person's on a journey, the Pasuk says, There's nothing that can protect him from the heat of the sun. It needs something above the normal Teva. A bracha from Rabbi, Hashem should save you from the sun, for example. Here we could cool off, we could, so to speak, protect ourselves. Or be delivered from the heat of the sun. It was pointed out that the name Elim is from the word El, which is strong. The name Rafidim, like Rashi says, Shirafi Yadim, it comes from a sign of weakness. When a person is shown in the way which looks natural, that everything he has he needs, so then it comes the sense of a person feels, if he has everything he needs physically, he feels he's strong. And if a person doesn't attribute that to Hashem, that's the mistake. The lesson of the alien was even what we have physically, we meant to attribute to Hashem. Whereas you feed him, weakness. So the lesson we went to learn from Rafidim is that when a person is in a place where he sees there's nothing for him to do. Naturally there's no water. So the tendency of a person is to give up. Rafi Yudem. To lose courage. And the lesson of Rafidim is HaKadosh Baruch can take care of you in a place where there's no water as well. Miraculously. And then the third point is Harahar. And Harahar was meant to be left there. It was meant to be the place where Aaron HaKohen was going to die. It was when all the other mountains were flattened, Harahar was left standing. And what was the lesson we learned from that? And here's the deeper principle of Bitochem. And that is, when Klai Yisrael went through the desert, what they were relying on for protection was the Anani Yaakovit. And the Anani Yaakovit came Bishchus Aaron. And therefore Klai Yisrael could have felt, we have Aaron Akoin to bring the Korbanos, to bring the Katoris, to let the manure every day. We have Aaron Akoin, the tremendous Tzadik in our midst. And as long as he's here, we're being protected. Yes, we see HaKadosh Baruch protecting us, but it's just So we can rely on Aaron. Because in Aaron's merit, we are all being protected. And the Prophet says in Eicha, Asher Amarnu B'tzilai Nechia Bagoy. We'll survive against the other nations, B'tzilai in his shadow, in his merit. And therefore, Klai Yisrael, on the one hand, knew that they were being held miraculously by Hashem, but they could have thought it's in the Shchus of Aaron. And therefore there had to be a place where Aaron was taken away from them. And when Aaron was taken away from them, they lost down on Yaakov. And when they lost down on Yaakov, they were attacked by the Knanim. And Klai Yisrael, what are you going to do now? You're being attacked, you've lost your protection on Yaakov, 
You've lost the tzaddik you were relying on. In whose merit does Adana Yaakov it came? What did Klai Yisrael do? The Pasuk tells in Pashas Chokas, they dubbed. Which means, the realization that we can't rely on other people's merits. So the Zazia Dishmai. We have to deserve it on our own. And that was the next, the, the third level of Bitochon Hashem wanted to show them. We don't really find the Avera that Aaron did why he deserved to die. Yes, he's also blamed in some way for the story of Master Mariva, the story of Mamer River. But even the Chazal say, in the last Hashem was looking for an Alila, so to speak, an excuse to blame Aaron. In other words, it was part of the Ashkacha that HaKadosh Baruch Hu wanted Aaron to die in the Midbar. And Klaishal would learn a lesson from that. And then again, these are the three places where we don't talk about what Klai Yisrael did. We talk about the nature of the place and why Hashem specifically brought Klai Yisrael to that place because that was the lesson He wanted to teach them. And this is the third thing the king tells his son. Here we were, we were scared for your life. Something went wrong and we were worried. Maybe this is a relapse, maybe this is a sign of something portend something bad to come. That's how Klai Yisrael felt when Aaron HaKoyen died. We felt we had lost our head, we had lost our leader. And the lesson we were meant to learn is even if we lose a leader, nevertheless, we can still deserve Hashem's protection without the leader being our in-between. Without the leader being, so to speak, the one in whose chus it's going to come. And that's Pashas Masay. Pashas Masay is Masayim Lemoitsayim. The focus is on the journey, the places he went to. Why does the Torah mention all the other places? Like Rashi tells us. It was a chest looking at the journeys without the story of the Jewish people, looking at the stories from what HaKadosh Baruch Hu did and where he led us to. Is for there is there for us to learn the chesed of Hashem. Like Rashi says in the first answer. But more than that, the lesson Hashem was trying to teach, wanted us to learn from the Masas He took us to were the three Masas that Torah highlights: Adim. We were meant to see that there's a natural way Hakadosh Baruch can look after us. Rifidim, where we're meant to understand that even when there's no natural way for Hashem to look after us, we can still do it miraculously. And Harahar. Harahar. You have to explain the reason why it's called the mountain on the mountain. It was pointed out. Because that's, uh, we look at the Tzaddikim as the mountains to protect us. to the mountains of the Tzaddikim. We have to understand that even with Aratarik we still protect it. There's a mountain above the mountain. Ki The one who's higher than the most high. He's the one who's protecting us. And therefore our ability to be protected, to have the schusim of Hashem's guiding us, isn't the sole province of the individual, however great he may be. It's Klayashal's privilege, which we need to understand comes in our merit collectively, 
even without the Godel, the news merits have to come until then. This is the Yisait of Pashas Masih. We're going to get distracted from seeing what Hashem was doing when the place He took us to by hearing the story of our clients from in each place. Therefore, it needs to be rewritten. And that's what Moshe writes over here. Moshe writes the places they went to, the nature of each place where it's significant, that Hashem took them to, and the idea is to see what's the message that Hashem wants to show us. What's the Hashem trying to show us in the story of the Mosas? Not just what happened to Chai Yisrael That's the Mas'ehem, the Mas'ehem, where they traveled to, what they found. But the principle which we learned from that, and that is the principle of Bitachon. Where Hashem wants us to show us, and wants us to understand, that we, when we're traveling, and when we're still traveling, we're traveling through Goddess, is number one, the lesson of Elim. That, is a, that Hashem can help us in a natural way. As you understand, it's coming from Hashem. Number two, the lesson of Rafidim. But even without the natural way, we don't have to get weaker. Hashem can help us equally well in the non-physical way. And number three, the lesson of Mrs. Aaron Harahar. And that is, even without the influence and the schos of Yisrael is still being protected by Hashem. We just have to realize that. And those are the lessons we meant to take out of the Masas of the Midbar. Those are the lessons that Moshe, in completion of our journey to the Midbar, wants us to understand. And wants us to internalize. Because that's the Shosh of Abitachim.